Each day at Wesley Meadows is a new opportunity to serve older adults and reimagine retirement living. It is the heart of their mission that inspires their team to provide the kind of fun atmosphere and care residents would want for themselves. Experience the warm spirit and faith-based difference of Wesley Meadows. Call 662-429-2070 and schedule your visit today. Hello and welcome to The Real Hernando, presented to you by Wesley Meadows Retirement Community and SRP Studios. The Real Hernando is a podcast created to highlight the Hernando, Mississippi community by sharing the stories of its business owners and community leaders. We hope these stories help strengthen the fabric of the city we love so near and dear, Hernando, Mississippi. Please follow us at therealhernando.com for all channels and social media platforms. I am your host, Derek. Today's guest is Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right at Malcolm's Shop. How to Barbecue Right is the online resource for serious barbecue from the pitmaster himself, Mr. Malcolm Reed. For more information, go to howtobarbecuewright.com. Malcolm, thanks for being here, man. Hey, this thanks is- for the invite, Derek. Man, I've been following your podcast since you started it up last year, and and I just uh, you know appreciate the invite to come on and talk about Hernando and what it's like to have a business here. That's so exciting to hear. You definitely, obviously, you're on my radar, and uh, – you know, I was like, oh, man, someday I can get Malcolm on here <laughs> and another fellow podcaster. But to hear that you're familiar and you've been following a little bit, man, that means a lot to me. appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, me and my wife love Hernando. We, I guess we moved here. This will be seven years for us. Okay. You know, I grew up in South Haven, so I'm familiar with DeSoto County. But, mm-hmm. you know, we started a family. We had a business. We were looking to move out uh, you know, of the city, South Haven, big city. We moved, So we found Hernando, I and mean, we, we love it down here. We've got a lot of friends. Community's great. It's a great place to have a business and a great place to raise a family. Oh, I, yeah, I love it here, too. Hence why I started a <laughs> podcast, right, called The Real Hernando. Um, what was it like seven years ago? Was it? Um, it was much the same. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, Hernando's got it has an influx of people coming in. They're building houses left and right, but yeah. the community aspect of it, you know, with the square and everything that goes on with the stuff they do, is it's been about the same. You know, since we've been here, it's been great, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, when you got to complain about Commerce Street traffic, that's our biggest complaint. I, I mean, I, I've become friends with uh, Mayor Chip Johnson, and I was teasing him. I was like, you know, that light as you're coming out of the square. <laughs> That that stays red for five minutes. He's like, man, that's the, that's the, that's the state. I, <laughs> that's I can't the state touch light. that light. Yeah. Uh, you know, I learned that being yeah. coming from down in Hernando because I'm come from traffic. You know, you go up and down Goodman Road, you know oh, what traffic it's is brutal. Yeah. This traffic is nothing, but there's two lights. It's like that one and the one over coming off the interstate that the city can't. do. <laughs> those are state lights. Right. I didn't know such a thing. Yeah, but. and he explained that to me too. And I come to find out, Hernando only owns like three lights. Yeah, yeah. And yet, but all these lights, you think otherwise. Huh. Uh, then it's also nice that the, they did get the rare old track fixed yeah that <laughs> massive bump that took a few of my wheels oh yeah and my little you corolla which side you have to go or how to dodge it <laughs> so my little corolla did not like that i mean i launched off it too many times but so uh from south haven um did you uh play sports or what were you into oh uh, man up? you know growing up of course we played sports and everything it was a big you know little league baseball football all the fun stuff that kids do you know that, that mm. was it but uh i didn't find my passion in barbecue i guess until college um you okay. know south haven always had a barbecue it was a south haven spring fest i don't know if you, you may have never heard of mm-hmm. it but it's it's kind of like the water tower festival here here in hernando but a much larger scale okay and they've been having that 
that since I was a kid. I guess it started in the early 80s. I don't know. It's been a long time. But it was a barbecue contest, and me and my buddies got interested in cooking in it, and it was kind of, you know, a, a place to go and have a good time, you know, mm-hmm. party, cook some barbecue, and I just kind of stuck with it over the years, and it became a passion of mine, learning how mm. to smoke meat and to compete in contests, and then ended up starting a business and all that. That's so. awesome. Yeah, you just found that it was your knack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to jump around too much, but your, your TikToks are great. You you managed to teach me a lot about whatever dish you're making in under 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really. I mean, that's that takes a talent to to create content. This this new world of micro content where it's going to be fast and and snappy. Uh, and you're you're teaching us how to make a dish or how to cook a, a, a rack or all these different things. Yeah, it's great. It, it, it took years <laughs> of practice doing that. When we first started out, man, it was just turn the camera on, a lot like this podcast setting, uh, and see where it goes. Because yeah. I wasn't trained in front of a camera, um, not a teacher by any means, you know. But when I started out, um, you know, doing recipes and trying to help people learn to cook, I just did it like uh, you're my buddy sitting here with me. How would I talk to you? Yeah. And I think that translates. So when we take it over to short form like TikTok, or if the YouTube channel a little bit longer form, mm-hmm. I still go about the same approach, and I just try to get a message across in terms that everybody can understand. If I, you know, because that's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. So. Is how to barbecue right? The first business, did it start as that, or was it something different? It was. We and The funny thing was, like, so my wife, she's the one that kind of got the business side going because she heard me talking to my buddies all the time. We talked about barbecue. Well, you know, it was before camera phones and text messages and all that. Yeah. We would just be on the phone, and it was always the talk was going to barbecue. You know, what are you doing on these ribs? Or how long did you cook them? Or, you know, what about the whole hog? And we were just talking. Yeah. And she said, you need to start a website up. Uh, and a newsletter talking about, you know, how to, doing these things y'all are talking about. And I said, what are we going to call it? And she said, I don't know. We'll come up with a name. And I said, well, how about how to barbecue right? Because you don't want to barbecue wrong. <laughs> and so she said, well, we'll go with that. It ain't a great name. Yeah. But it turns out that Google and YouTube loved it. Because this was before YouTube. All, all I had was a newsletter. And it was like me writing up a so know, recipe. Was this? this was probably 2007-ish. Yeah. Okay. It's been so, a while. This is before YouTube really got going. Right. And and the cell phone, the, the smartphone was Oh, just yeah. coming around. I don't even know if they had Generation 1 iPhone yet. Yeah. I, I still remember having that old flip phone. That's fl- what we started with. I had a flip with. phone, too. I had Tetris on it. <laughs> yeah, there That's you go. That. <laughs> Snake, I think. It was one. <laughs> but that was it, man. And and so I started with this newsletter. She was doing some marketing, and they were writing newsletters for companies, and it was a way to kind of create this mail list. We weren't selling products. We weren't doing anything except giving out free information. And I said, nobody. Who's going to read this? Yeah. My buddies, maybe, but I doubt it. Because we didn't – I mean, who – Nobody was really checking their email unless you were going to the office or something like that. And then it kind of exploded. So it started, people started reading the newsletter. We built the website, and all we did on the website was share pictures. It's like we had a MySpace. This was before Facebook. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had a MySpace, so we were putting pictures on there. So my wife said, Well, we'll start up, you know, howtobarbecuerite.com. We'll put the newsletter on there, and then we'll share some of the pictures we're doing out at contest. And there's only so many things you cook at a contest because we're just doing like, you know, brisket, chicken, ribs, whole hog, and you run out of ideas, so I got to start coming up with other recipes. And so that's what I started doing. I started doing recipes on things that I wanted to cook. And as we started sharing them, we had a company that wanted to send us a camera and record some of it. And Because they heard on you? Yeah, because they they saw the newsletter and they saw the website. And so... 
We recorded some. We recorded a ton of stuff at Memphis and May one year, which is like the world championship of barbecue cooking. Mm-hmm. And then when we got through with all that footage, the files were so large we couldn't email them to them. Like Yahoo couldn't handle it. And they was like, "How are we going to get? You know, we could email the cards to or mail the cards to them, FedEx or UPS, but we can't really do them digitally." And my wife was uh, messing with this new thing called YouTube for one of her other jobs, and she says, "Well, we can put videos on YouTube and then allow them to grab the link and do what they want with it." So we created our channel. This was 2010. Wow! And that's what got us started with the YouTube channel. And then since we yeah. had this little flip camera, it was like, "Well, let's just record some other stuff." Not even and knowing what YouTube. Not even knowing, not even knowing. I mean, that's the one channel. It's the, the channel I consume the most. Oh, I think most Netflix people. Netflix is second. Yeah, that, and that's for most people. I mean, now, now, if you want to find out how to, other than just entertainment, if you want to find out how to do something, you'll YouTube it. It's yes. like you know, I looked up how to fix my garbage disposal, yes. and it's yes. right on YouTube. So. Yeah. When I first started this agency, my first client asked me if I could get their podcast on iTunes. And over the phone, I said yes, but my head was going side to side. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So Google and YouTube, you know, and and uh, it's just a huge resource. Plus, obviously, I'm, I like podcasts, and I like the visual. I like watching. Yeah. You know, hence why I wa- really wanted to make this have a, a video aspect to it. And uh, so that's how I consume a lot of my content and, and entertainment. It's just through YouTube, man. Oh, it's, yeah. It's great. Um, so what were you doing? I should have asked this on the front end. Because I want to get more into this barbecue story of yeah. your business. But what were you doing before? What was your career? So I was doing commercial construction. I was an architect that, you know, we worked, we, um, worked for a firm um, out in Memphis. And this was, I guess, 2008. I got laid off because I was one of the younger guys there at the time or just newly started at the company. Um, you know, construction kind of took a dive after the recession hit in 08. Oh, so yeah. it backed things up. So I got laid off that job. And then I got another job with another firm downtown building like the exterior glass walls on buildings. I worked there for a while designing some of that stuff, and their business slowed down, and they had to do layoffs again. Once again, I got laid off, and I got – at that time, I was already dabbling. We had – you know, we were doing the barbecue stuff totally on the side. My wife had her job. I had my job, and then when I got laid off. We had just started um, – Selling our rub. I'd come up with one rub, and I was mixing it up in my kitchen, which I don't recommend anybody do. It's totally illegal. And I was selling it online to my buddies or anybody that wanted to buy it. I bought me a bottler. You know, I was doing this stuff, <laughs> just trying to make some extra dollars to, to go to a barbecue contest. And then I got a decent severance package on that second layoff, and I'd started working with the co-packer to get it manufactured straight legit. Mm-hmm. And so I had to put this big order in. It was like for 500 pounds. I said, there's no way. I'm going to sell 500 pounds of this stuff. But I took my money I got. We had enough money to pay bills for like six months. I said, okay, I'm going to jump into the barbecue. Yeah. We're going to try to sell this rub. That's a lot uh, of yeah. rub, man. Yeah, oh, it was. It was a garage full. It was a garage full. That's, we were working out of our home. I mean, straight out of our house in South Haven. Yeah. And and so we started, and I was like, if we don't make it six months, I'll go deliver pizzas. I'll go back, find me another architect job, do something. You know, hopefully the economy will turn back around. Well, I, I guess you could say I kind of retired back in. I guess that was 2010. Uh-huh. I hadn't went back to work since. So I've been. Good we've been on our man. own now. My wife, you know, we both do it full time, and we have, I think, 13 full time employees work for us. So. Wow, that's great. A testament yeah. to just taking the chance. Yeah, that's awesome. It was. It's been fun journey. It's been a fun journey. You know, we've we've learned a lot because, you know, you don't think about it. You own your own small business. It's tough. Yeah. There's there's a lot of lean times. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. 
It's like a, the it's like a shark teeth. It's yeah, like shark it's constantly, teeth, you know? constantly. You know, I might I might be in a period myself where I'm kind of hitting the gums a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it know. is what it is. You know, well, well, you throw COVID in, you throw recessions, yeah. in, stuff that you don't plan for, yeah. and that's you know it, it can it can take you all the way down. But you just got to know that you can pull back back up too. So oddly, 2020 was a great year for me. It was a catalyst year that really launched me because people had time and money. Yeah. So I, clients were just flying in. It was 2021 <laughs> when they had to go back to work that I started seeing some yeah, things fall, yeah. you know. But uh, so that's outstanding, man. So you're in your garage pumping out that 500 pounds of rub. It's <laughs> one bottle at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so when does it bridge from that to actually having a brick and mortar? And, and where was your first business? So I guess, I mean, we stayed working from our home. Um, until we moved to Hernando, so probably this will be seven years ago. Mm-hmm. We moved to Hernando. We worked out of our house here for about a year. We got an employee. Finally, finally, you know, had so much business that we we just couldn't do it all. Yeah. We were still, you know, doing our shipping, doing everything ourselves. But so we have. Besides just like selling barbecue rub, it's kind of like we have a retail side, which is the howtobarbecuewrite.com. That's where you or anybody else that wants to cook something can go buy it. But we also have a wholesale side of our business where we sell to other businesses that put it on their shelf. And so we started, and when I first go, and I, you know, I wanted to sell my stuff directly to people, but I wanted to, I knew that I had to, if it was going to ever take off, that I had to spread it around the country. You know, there had to be other stores selling it too, because not everybody's going to see what you I'm doing. To go broad. I needed to go broad, mm-hmm. so I just started, you know, kind of looking up store, barbecue stores online, find you know, finding anybody that was selling any kind of product similar to mine, and sending them an email, send them a free bottle, and then trying to build this wholesale side. Mm-hmm. Well, managing both got too hard. Or it just got so much business that there wasn't enough time of the day that we couldn't do it, so I had to hire somebody. It's a good problem. To and have. so we were doing that out of our house, and then, you know, it got to be to where you don't want somebody coming to your house every day. You know, right. you can't just walk around right. in, in shorts or whatever every right. day. So we decided we needed a, an office space. So we found an old house that had been converted into a commercial business across town on Mackinville, and I think it was like a. At one point, it was like a hair salon. Now I think it's like a uh, an alterations type shop. But we, you know, we had it for our offices, um, um, just you know, to do our wholesale out of our retail. It wasn't wasn't like a brick and mortar store. You couldn't come in and buy retail there. It was just a place but, to work. Yeah, it was just a place to work. Just yeah. offices, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> So we stayed there for about a year. We hired another employee because we needed some more help. We kind of grew. We did our podcast there. When we first started our podcast, it was in a closet in the house. My wife's sewing closet. And then so we, we actually, when we got that building, we was like, well, great. We'll be able to have a really podcast studio there. Yeah. I bet the and closet so, sounded good, though. It did. Now, oh, that's oh, the yeah. funny thing about a podcast. Yeah. When you're recording, the smaller the space, the better it does sound. I mean, I'm still struggling with sound here in Studio yeah, A. yeah. When I listen back, there's still room echo. I oh yeah, I don't want to bury people in the detail. I don't, <laughs> you and I could easily talk the shop and get lost in that. So I don't want to, you know, bore people with that. But uh, so okay, so I didn't mean to cut you off there. So you guys are still in that place, and you start podcasting in there. Uh, and after about a year, you decided to expand? Well, we were renting that place. And then I found a building across town where we are now on Whitfield that was for sale. And we went and looked at it, and it was like the perfect building. It had some warehouse space in the back where we could, you know, store some of our products. It had plenty of offices. It had like a classroom. 
It had an office that was perfect for a podcast studio. And then it had some room up front that if we ever decided to open up a retail shop, it would be great for it. And mm-hmm. that wasn't like um, hot on my mind, you know, having a retail shop. But as we got into that building, and we realized that, you know, people could find us. If people was traveling in from out of town, they could come there. People that were local that just wanted to pick up a bottle, you know, some seasonings or some gifts or whatever, it worked out. So I just kind of let my wife have the the reins of how to kind of set that up. Because if it had been me, I would have just had some shelves <laughs> with some crap thrown on it. But she did Pulling a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> but she kind of curated her. Now, her mom's one of these people that goes to all the little antique shops or state sales, and they find cool, eclectic stuff. Well, that's what you know we use to kind of decorate our shop, and it's not big. Um, I think we may be a thousand square foot at that. I don't even know if it's that big. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, the retail space is kind of small, but it has some cool stuff in it, and has like you know some of our apparel seasonings. But I sell my buddy stuff in there. I've got some grills that we sell, so it's kind of a store for the cooking man or woman's. What I say. Yeah. So and what's the address? Uh, Four ninety six Whitfield Drive. So it's just over off Old. Uh, I guess it's. Old Memphis Street is what they call it, okay. or something like that. Back in the day, yeah, you're going now, down. You're going down 51, and it's a left off. Of yeah, 50 yeah. As you head, yeah, it's like Old Highway 51. When you're heading uh, north, that's right. right. So yeah. as you go underneath the railroad bridge, you kind of hang a left behind yeah. the nursery right there, and it's down past the Connection Gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the on gym. the left. That's right. yeah, There's a gym yeah, out there. Yeah. So you purchased this building. We purchased so this that's, building. That's a big step. So and <clears throat> you know the way we did it. The rent was about the same, so I, you know, I, I ended up lucking into a building that I could find that I was paying about the same month and actually own. That's and huge so, for a business. Oh, it was. It was really, really big. My accountant said that was one of the smartest things we could have done. I mean, your value just yeah, skyrocketed. That's right. That's great. What's what? So that's probably what 2017, 18? Uh, right. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. We've been there three or four years, I guess. So right before pandemic. Yeah. Right before. Just in time. Yeah, just in time. Just but. in time, man. <laughs> so so let's let's talk about the podcast a little bit. Sure. You know, I, try not to geek out here. <laughs> Off mic, we could talk a long time. But when you started your podcast, was it like it is now, more just talking about barbecuing and teaching that way? That's it's the way it's always been. Yeah. I look at it as kind of mine and Rochelle's therapy. Is that, <laughs> is, is that co-host? Is that your wife? Yeah, that's my wife. Okay, that's cool. my wife, Shell. Uh, we have... Tyler, who is kind of our social director that runs the board for us, he does all that technical stuff now. Man, At first, nice. it was us. It was that, like me watching a YouTube video. What equipment do I need to yeah. basically get started? And me figuring it out. And I was like, man, this yeah. I, I am not good at it. I yeah. mean, I made it work. The first you can watch, go back and watch the first few seasons. They're not near as good as they are now. Yeah, you, you got several hundred episodes, right? Oh yeah, this is man. I want to say season five or six. Wow. And we started out the first season. My wife didn't want to do video. She just wanted to do audio. Uh-huh. And we did one season audio, and then I begged her. I was like, let's do video, too. So, uh, you know, because video is our thing. And now, I mean, it's imperative. Oh, yeah. you got to do both. You know, I think so. I think all, so. All these, like, I follow a lot of comedian podcasts. Yes. And uh, they have these amazing sets. And then, obviously, monetization now is so big. They can afford making yeah. like, real TV sets with really oh, good yeah. lighting. And, you know, that's the way to do it. And I, I, I've watched enough. It seems like the dynamic with you and your wife is she's kind of pitching you, right? Giving you a question or a yeah. scenario, and then you just go off, right? That's that's kind of <laughs> that way. I don't have to do any prep. I mean, she doesn't tell me beforehand what we're going to talk about often. Yeah. You know, it's like we'll have some kind of basic outline where we know, okay, it's going to be questions here. It's going to be talk about the recipe here. But she never tells me indirectly what the questions are. That's going to be. 
That yeah. way, it feels like you're just hanging out with us. Yeah. And that was our whole thing. Like we're, I'm not the best. Inter- I'm better at being interviewed than I am interviewing somebody. Okay. Because I'll, everything I do is just like we're hanging out. So yeah. I'm, I'm just, it just comes naturally for me to to be comfortable talking to a mic or looking at a camera if I treat it like we're just sitting here hanging out. And uh, I, I, I mean, you can see how my prep is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I try to keep it organic too, fall into a conversation and see where it goes. You know, especially. The entrepreneurial small business story. You know, I, I can talk for hours, you know, on that. Um, so let's talk about your channel. Now, I noticed you have a channel for your podcast, but then you have another channel. Right. Which is over one and a half million subscribers. So that was the original. So that's the original. And then that's where you're putting more of like the tutorial type videos and recipes, and recipes. things like that. Yeah. Um, so. We started out with that How to Barbecue Right on the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and that's where we started with all the recipes or anything we were doing. And as we grown, we added the podcast. At first, I wanted to put the podcast on that channel too, but the difference was podcasts are hour, unedited, just a straight block hour of footage. Well, we also had our you know our video recipes have gotten down to you know between seven to twelve, thirteen minutes. So they're not near as long as a podcast. Well, once you get up to a certain following on YouTube, they kind of assign you a YouTube channel manager. And that was one of the first things our channel manager told us to do is you need to separate your podcast from your recipe channel. Interesting. Because they um, they say the algorithm, like you've got long form, like really long form podcasts and you've got these short form where you want to direct the eyes to that, but you're pulling away from it in the search by having all the podcast stuff. And so it kind of split it. He was like, "You're gonna you're gonna see much more gains on both of them if you'll separate them." And so that's when we separated them. And then when shorts come along, we made a shorts channel too. But since they've recommended that you put your shorts back on your main channel, you created a whole <laughs> channel just for your just shorts. for shorts at first uh-huh. because they weren't monetized. It was just something because they were pushing short form content to catch up, I guess, with TikTok. Absolutely, hundred you know, percent. And so, yeah. but now they've monetized it, and they're yeah. wanting you to put your shorts more on your long form channel. So we're starting to do that now too. My mom is the so, YouTuber. She's the one that teaches me all this stuff. I can't yeah. keep up with that. It's stuff. A, it changes yeah. so much, man. Yeah. It's so far above my head. Yeah. Really, that that, that <laughs> aspect of it. I got. Hey, this is how you upload a video. But the the whole back end stuff, the you know, trying to oh. work the algorithm, trying to make yeah. sure, you know and YouTube's like that from from a business standpoint. It's not just about putting something that a consumer wants to see. You've got to also put it on there the way YouTube wants to feed it to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to appease two targets and that's what makes it challenging to be successful at it. But I would gather when you have that many subscribers and views on your on your videos, that's a nice chunk of revenue. Oh that, yeah, it, that, that yeah, came it, in. Yeah. it does. It, it that that helps have before. I right? didn't know it slowly built over time. So it took us. Yeah, when did it start really popping? For so you? we started in 2010. That was when our first video launched, and it took me 10 years to get to a million followers. 10, 10 years. Yeah. Now we noticed at about. I guess five years in is when we started. We well, you hit like that hundred thousand. Took us five years to probably get to a hundred thousand subs, and then once you get to a hundred thousand, it's like the next year's two, the next year's four, the next year's seven fifty, and then so it just grows exponentially once you start getting so many eyes on it. Yeah. Um, the hardest part is that initial growth. Once you can break through there and get to a hundred, you're gold. 
because it's going to just keep growing. My but, personal channel has fifty seven hundred, so I got a ways to well, go. Yeah, but but hey, mine did, it took me forever. Yeah. I remember like getting the first hundred, then thousand. I was like, wow, yeah. I think a the real thousand Hernan- people are watching this. You I know? think the real Hernando's at a hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it, it's tough. Yeah, and, and long format's a little trickier. So oh, not yeah. everyone wants to engage. That's with right. That. Well, there's so much. There's so <laughs> much now. Like when when I got in. It was just the right time, right place. Yeah. So was it – were they monetizing back in t- 2010, um, 2011? No, not at first. At first, the monetizing was – you had to have so many I – mean, it, was, it was similar to what it is now, but it seemed like it took a while. And then when you did monetize, there wasn't that much money to be made yeah. because as there wasn't as much advertising on it. And that, all that monetizing is is advertising dollars. So yeah. when you see these ads roll before video or mid-roll or mm-hmm. pop up, that's that's how creators are getting paid that's on right. it. And now there's so, so many channels and creators oh, yeah. getting millions and millions, millions. and millions of views. Yeah. Advertisers are all over that. They are. They course. are. And it's, I mean, I'm not. I, we don't make a lot of money on YouTube, but it's not bad. It helps. You know? It's enough to keep going. It's you know, it's part of your portfolio. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, this is probably a stupid question, but do you go to Memphis in May? You guys, Every year, you guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's that like? Uh, well, first, let's. When did you do your first one? 06 was the first time we did Memphis in May. Oh, so back when and you still had your job? Yeah, and, this was still working. We were amateur barbecuers. Um, that's what they called us back then. Um, yeah, that's what you are till you cook Memphis in May, and then um, they had what's called the patio porker division or the backyard division. And that was the first one we did in 06. And we won first place. Nice. First time we entered it. And there's been teams cooking it forever. You're like, I mean, man, this is easy. Yeah, well, that's what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> but after you do that, it turns out you got to turn pro. So we had to start cooking on the pro side. We couldn't cook in the backyard side anymore. Just because you the won? Amateur. Yeah, because we won that contest. It makes you a pro. And so we started, we said, well, you know, we didn't have a lot of equipment or anything. We just had a grill that we used. But we took that grill, loaded it up in the back of my pick truck, pickup truck, and me and my brother would go to all the contests around that we could and cook ribs against these pro teams. And we got our teeth kicked in. But it was doing all that cooking that got us better. And that's mm-hmm. what got us to competing. And we cooked Memphis and May the next year. I think we finished like 11th or 12th in the rib category. We were like, man, we think we got it figured out. And then it's just been a search, you know, every, forever since you're chasing it. You're, you're hooked. The, the snake bit you in that oh, yeah, first. That's it. That's so cruel. I know. You it's, know? <laughs> it really it's, it's similar to the music <laughs> business, man. You have that pivotal moment, and you're like, oh, man, I'm, this is good. I'm making money, and I'm on tour and everything. And then, and then it's like 10 years later, it's like, man, that's never happened again. <laughs> I'm still playing bars. It's yeah, cool, yeah. It's like, you know. But you got bit. <laughs> you got, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's never ending. So where do, you, uh, where do you see things going now? Do you have any plans? That's, um, that's well, now, I mean, so I still I don't get to do as much competition barbecue as I used to. But what we're doing now with the competition side is we're trying to help other teams come up. And so we're kind of we we have like an ambassador program where we um, you know have 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 people submit applications to us if they're out cooking we try to see how you know where they're at in their journey of cooking barbecue um, if there's a way we can help them we do that by sponsoring them sometimes it's you know sauces and seasoning sometimes it's monetary you know sometimes it's equipment but we try to you know we try to help out other people getting going because like, we know how hard it was when we got going. And, that, so, and you're building an audience for your, that's right. your channel that's right. TikTok and everything. And so we're concentrating on that. I mean, of course, we realize that, you know, 
retail sales is part of what we do, but the biggest generator is the social media, the content we're putting out. So we really concentrate heavily on putting out um, unique, high quality, you know, getting better with our videos, yeah. getting better better with our podcast, Great. all that, just working on that voice, that, you know, those aspects of the business is where we really try to focus now. So we're kind of a media company as much as we are um, a company that sells barbecue rubs and seasons. How big is your TikTok account now? Uh, it's a million and a half, too. And yeah. TikTok yeah. is monetized now. They have uh, their own little monetization yeah, thing. It's, but it's real weak. They don't TikTok doesn't pay their creators much at all. Okay. It's not even a fraction of what YouTube does. Really? And so I think that's why YouTube's trying to double down on their shorts because they know they can get the ad dollar spent and people the creators oh, yeah. are gonna jump over there. Absolutely. I mean they they fell behind yeah. a little bit. And, you know, of course Instagram, the the, that's right. the reels became the thing to keep up and the Facebook you know, yeah. reels. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's where I find you. If I'm flipping through the Facebook reels, that's where I'll, I'll see yeah. your videos and I'll always watch. Well, there was one where you made this killer dip. You know, <laughs> it's dip time with Super yeah. Bowl coming up, man. Gotta- <laughs> and then you ended it with just a giant scoop and a chip, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we, we learned. I mean, you have to be. On all the platforms. I mean, I, and that's yep. the one thing with what we do. And same thing for, you know, doing podcasts and stuff. There's always going to be um, something else that's the new thing. And so you have to be adaptable. You have to be ready to jump over. And, yeah. and you know, as long as you're making good content and you're doing things the right way, the the views and the audience will come. They'll find you. Yeah. That's what we've learned. Yeah, we're trying our best with this channel. You yeah. Know, and, and producing clips as a way to promote. That's right. You know, and uh, I have a, an amazing assistant. Her name's Lexi, and uh, she's she's the one that keeps up with everything, <laughs> like you. You know, yeah, you gotta I, have, I, I mean, just I can't. It's I can't. so hard for one person to try yeah. to do it all. You can't. It, never mind the writing and the scheduling and, and the management of it, but keeping up with the algorithms and what's new and what's the God like. Every platform, your video has to be a different dimension, you know, all these things. Yeah. And then now captioning, its that's the big thing now is what kind of captioning do you have? <laughs> it's like, thanks, Lexi. <laughs> oh, we've just, we've, we've just launched uh, How to Barbecue Right in Espanol. We're targeting the whole, you know, the Spanish-speaking, you know, cool. people of the world. So, so that's you- our, it's, a, it's basically you pay to ha- you have your videos dubbed over in Spanish and you launch it as a separate channel. Now, and you, so once we see how that goes, we'll do pick another language and pick another language. And will you adjust some of the the food that like will you add like a Tex Mex vibe? That's so to to cater to that audience. Yes and no. I think I think we'll see. Like I mean, right now the goal is just to get um, a catalog built. So we'll use content that we've already created. Uh, but as we go along and we see like oh that it's trending. You know, people are really liking the channel. We might make recipe specific stuff for those, mm-hmm. the, for that audience. So that's interesting. So you're you're, you're digging through the archive, <clears throat> and yeah, feeding at that. Yeah, see, so we have a lot of we have a lot of data um, where sales go. Well, you know, there's a big part of the United States that speaks Spanish. You know, California, Florida, there's a lot, well, you know, the, the second, Southwest. It's the second language. Yeah. Second language, yeah. And so not only are we targeting, you know, those uh, uh, viewers, but also, you know, in Mexico, South America, you know, Latin America, any, you know, those, those places, too, where, where YouTube's huge. You're going global. So, yeah. And YouTube has that kind of reach, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. It? I mean, even definitely. a small channel like The Real Hernando, I'll, I'll look at the analytics, and there's someone in 
you know, Bomb. Australia <laughs> viewed. Yeah. That's so cool, you know. Uh, have you ever given thought to actually opening up a restaurant? Um, you know, I get asked that all the time. And, I, you know, I grew up, That's I worked in restaurants, you know, going to school and putting myself through college. That's what I did. Uh, I know how hard it is. And the margins are low. The hours are long. You're married to that restaurant. You know, you're not doing 40 hours a week. You're doing 120 hours a week. And so if I ever... If I ever make enough money to where I don't need money and I can just do the restaurant for fun, a place, you know, for my friends or to share barbecue with people, yes. Yeah. But if I have to make a living on it, I don't know if I could ever do it. Do you, do you know Heather Reese from uh, Miss, uh, yeah, Mississippi yeah, yeah, yes. Eats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I interviewed her and her husband, Joey. Uh, and when she had Ladybug. Right. Where now Coffee Central is, mm-hmm. that was that was her life. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's her story. I mean, she lived there. And everyone made money before her. That's the way it goes. That's just how yeah. it goes, yep. you know. Yep. So when that finally ended, she managed to sell that place during COVID. I know. And it's doing great. It's Coffee Central. You know, it's doing yeah. great. Yeah, but her then, her uh, um, building now, the Mississippi Eats, is doing great. It's great. Me and my wife frequent it all the time. We it, love her. She's got the best pimento cheese going. Oh, and the chicken salad. <laughs> the chicken good salad, too. yes. And put, mix those together, man. <laughs> but uh, but she, uh, she made it more simple. And she's only doing four-day work week. So she's absolutely That's a life. going out her way. She <laughs> designed it to have life work yeah. balance, you know, because of what she experienced. And even before Ladybug, when she was a chef at different places, I mean, it's full commitment. Oh, it is. I, and I, I have friends that own restaurants. I know, and I know how hard they work, and yeah. it's it is tough. It's a tough business, barbecue especially, because you don't have um, any room to be mediocre. You have to be good to be successful yeah. at it, you know. And I've had bad barbecue before. Oh yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. No, no, it's not. Yeah, when you're when you're tugging the meat off of, <laughs> off a of, off a rib, man, or you take smoke for three days after oh, you eat it, man. that's the worst. Or that indigestion. You yes, get. yes. Well, man, let's. Uh, are we missing anything? Is there anything that you would like to talk about about your business that we haven't touched on that maybe new or something that you would like to highlight? Um, man, I, you know, I really can't think of anything when we, you know. Ours is kind of unique because we have so many different sides of it with with our retail, with our you know physical store in Hernando, with the wholesale side, with the social media creation side, you know. Yeah, you um, got a lot going on. And the on. podcast. I mean, we have started now. I've, I've started another, I don't know if you call it a business yet because it hasn't made a dollar, but uh, me and my buddies hunt when we're not barbecuing. So we started up uh, um, the Buck Junkies, which is the <laughs> podcast that we do about deer hunting. The bunk so, junkies? Buck, oh, the buck, buck junkies. junkies. Yeah, so we meet, you know, once a week we sit down, we record a podcast about uh, about that. But we've been capturing a lot of content down on the, down on our hunting land in Senate, Tate County, Senatobia, and we go down and have a good time. So that's something that that it's, it's kind of like a hobby-type project. Mm-hmm. We're setting it up to where, you know, we've got some apparel, some things like that. I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, but it's what I do, you know, when I'm not barbecuing, I like to go deer hunting and fish. So. Well, clearly you know how to grow a platform. Forms, you oh. know? And, and and that's just the way it is in entrepreneurship now. Yeah. You need to 
dabble in all those things. No, I think so. And put yourself out there as as best you can because yeah. it's noisy out there. Oh yeah, I mean the biggest thing I can tell people is don't be scared to jump in and start because if I can do it, anybody could do it. Yeah, you just have to be dedicated. Mm-hmm. You have to put in the hours. You've got to you know you got you're gonna you don't have to know how to do it when you start, but you can just have to adapt and overcome and just mm-hmm. don't give up because mm-hmm. how easy is it to start something and just you know not get any views on it and then just let it fizzle away. I mean I could have done that easily, mm-hmm. but you just have to have that drive to keep going. I it, think that's the most, and that work that applies to everything in life. It can be discouraging for yep. sure. And uh, my story is, I never wanted to be on camera. Shy guy, <laughs> didn't like hearing my voice until I forced myself to start a podcast in 2020. I was like, dude, you own a podcast production agency <laughs> and you don't have a podcast. Like, we need to step it up. That's right. And uh, and then it, I got more and more used to it and. Uh, all those skills and, and and how I was able to run my team to do that podcast led into the real Hernando, and then yeah. now I have no problem huh. sitting across from someone, giving an interview, being on a mic, being in front of a camera. But it takes practice; you got to go. So yeah, like you said, if anyone's listening that's always wanted to have a little channel, I always say, pull your phone up, put it on a stand, hit record, and talk into it's it. It's easy as that. It's easy as yeah. that. Really, it is. Yeah. And the, well, the thing is, I think. People get their media so many different ways now. It used to be, you know, if you weren't on TV or the radio, you weren't going to be heard. Mm-hmm. Now with podcasts, with YouTube videos, with TikToks, anybody, everybody's got a camera and everybody's got a voice. So I guess it's kind of a good and a bad because there's a lot of stuff you got to sort through. Well, it's, it's noisy. But, but there's so there's, much out there. I guarantee you there's somebody interested in what you have to say, though. That's the way mm-hmm. That's the way the world is. I mean, you, you might not know it because it seems so small, but really – there's people out there that are interested in what you're doing. Oh, podcasting is consumed like crazy. Oh, and yeah. It's on demand. You can pause and go back to it. It's a companion. You're walking your dog with your earbuds in at the gym. The other thing I like is that you can't do with radio. Well, now you can because every radio station has a website or whatever. But traditionally, you had to turn it on to catch anything. Yeah. Well, now – Malcolm, check out my new episode. <laughs> Throw a link your way. Bam. That's it. And it's it, right there. It's right there. Yep, yep. You know, so the sharing aspect is is massive too. I, and I find myself all the time just you know in the car. The radio is not even on. It just goes to a podcast. And mm-hmm. while, while we're driving or going somewhere, we're listening to a podcast. Yep. Yep. And story based and you know fictional oh, yeah. based and educational based and Oh, yeah. I'm into the true crime stuff. My wife's got me hooked on it. It's like everything was yeah, all these different that true crime. Huge. Things. Those channels are yeah. massive. Well, Malcolm, this has been a pleasure. Really cool to meet you, finally. You know, I may have been a little intimidated last year <laughs> to get you in here, but, but now that I had a studio, yeah, I was but, like, yeah, come on in. Well, Derek, man, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. This is great for Hernando. It's great for our community. I know people are going to watch it and, and love, you know, following you and, and and hearing, you know, what it's like from small business side of things, from different different businesses. I mean, it's just I think it's so cool. So, yeah. congratulations on your success at well, it, and thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you. You know, it just worked out where. I wanted to do a podcast for the community, and it just so happens that's my profession. <laughs> so I, I was able to tie the two in together, yeah. and, it, and it's been an awesome journey. And, you know, this, the, the salesy 101 is people buy people, and I know that sounds yeah, sterile yeah, and everything. Yeah. That's not what this is about, but it is what this is about. Like, if one person didn't really know you and they – watch this and they're like oh wow malcolm's a pretty cool guy and I've, <laughs> I've heard of barbecue right oh you know what you know i'm gonna get some i'm gonna go to the store and let's go buy some let's check it out 
then my job is done. You know, yeah. I've, I've done what I'm trying to do here because now they know you, they trust you, and they like you. So, all right, let's go patronize the business. You know, so that's kind of my yeah. thought, thought I love process. that. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Well, we're not saying goodbye all quite right. yet. <laughs> right? As I do, now <clears throat> I'm going to talk to the audience because I'm going to give them five ways to help grow this this podcast and channel, and it's all based on pretty much sharing, right? So first off, go to therealhernando.com and uh, subscribe to our, our newsletter slash blog. Basically, when we put up a new episode, you'll get an email, and that's all we're asking for. No phone numbers. Nothing. Um, and then while you're in there, click on your favorite episode, grab that URL, and share it <laughs> like you can. You know, if if you're watching this and you think you, uh, your husband is into barbecuing and would love Malcolm's story, then grab that link, send it to him. Um, YouTube, again, from our website, click on our YouTube icon, subscribe to that channel. That goes a long way. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. You know, whatever platform you choose, follow, give us a review. Um, and then uh, patronize our socials, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all are at The Real Hernando. And then that's when you can share like crazy, throw it in a story, share it to a friend. And, you know, that really um, goes a long way for any content like this. And uh, first and, and lastly, and I'd hate to make it lastly, but thank you for watching and listening. Uh, this doesn't work without an audience. And then thank you. <laughs> Malcolm and guests like yourself that are willing to sit in front of a camera and 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 tell your story and uh, especially you're used to it, but there's a lot a lot of interviews I've done <laughs> that they're like camera and oh my god and, and they've always just let me ask them questions in front <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, camera yeah. so I that totally doesn't exist without them so <laughs> no one wants to just listen to me yap so uh, thank you for doing this again thank you for watching and listening and um, y'all have a good day thank you <laughs>